0: We don't need this. We got it. <clears throat> we ready to go? <laughs> Top of the morning, do you? Yes. <laughs> chip chip cheerio. Hey, Hooray. Right. All right, I think we're good. All righty then. Hello. Welcome back, dolls. How are we doing today? That's a no for me.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Let's fucking do it. All right. Welcome to the first episode of the Scarlet Skeptics podcast. Doesn't feel like it's the first episode because <laughs> we've recorded probably like 15, <laughs> but Welcome. We are so excited to be talking to you today. I'm your co-host, Grace Castro. And I'm your co-host, Heather Kelly. We're super stoked about this. Definitely. Definitely. Not Maybe not as stoked as we were when we first recorded, <laughs> but take 15, here we are. <laughs> so it's cool. Um, but yeah, so we're going to briefly break down for you what exactly went down and why we pump faked so hard on that first episode drop (laughs) and then we're going to talk about some you know interesting shit but before that we would like to preface that if we're not going to get into it too much but that's because we're going to be releasing the actual video footage of us deciding not to post the podcast that day and just you can in vivid detail see why everything broke down and we explain ourselves pretty well in a much more raw and unfiltered manner because it was when it was actually happening. We just don't want to rehash that again. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where things went wrong, right? Don't you think?
0: Exactly. I feel like it really just rawly shows like how little energy there was and how exhausted we were of this and how we It was more of a, we need to get this done, and we weren't enjoying the process of it. And that was so fake, and we didn't want to be filtered in that way. And I think we also set such high expectations for ourselves and let other people influence so much the direction that we wanted to go in that we completely lost sight of where we were actually at and where we wanted to be and work towards yeah exactly and I feel like we did like we were excited like it wasn't
1: like that the first time was low energy I think it was just that like we were unorganized the first time we recorded so we had all this energy but we were kind of all over the place and then somebody told us like oh you know make sure that you have more concise thoughts and, like, an outline so that you keep yourself in check and whatever. And we were like, oh, shit, maybe we should take another approach and try, like, a really, like, we'll make a detailed outline and script out maybe a couple things and, like, just figure it out that way. We tried that, and it felt so forced, Mm -hmm. and we felt like we were just, like, repeating ourselves, and it wasn't genuine, and that was exactly the opposite of what we wanted to do. And then we tried you know, let's just scratch the outline and let's try it again. And then by the, that time we were so worn out of talking about that shit because we had Mm -hmm. talked about it. We had listened to the podcast that we were inspired by and we had talked about that. And then we, I mean, like we had talked about it during listening to the podcast and then we wrote an outline for it, talked about it that whole time, then talked about it beforehand, trying to get like a flow. And then we were struggling with that and then went to go down and record it and when you repeat yourself fucking, like, five times, like, the words didn't even sound like English. Like, we totally lost everything. So we just, like, played ourselves. And then Sunday night, we sat down to try and record it again for the last time just to get something to put out Monday. And at that point, it was, like, this last-minute pressure of, like, are we just mm-hmm. forcing this and people are going to think this and that and whatever and first impressions. And then so we tried Monday, and it was just, Yeah. Monday we was literally
0: down. spent, like, 7.30 a.m. until, like, 4.30, which is when the breakdown... We did that, not
1: move from this spot. Yeah,
0: we were at the microphone. You can literally just hear how drained and how sick and motherfucking tired we are of sitting here. Like...
1: I couldn't hear my voice any longer. If like,
0: I... I literally went for a drive after I left for, like, an hour had the radio. Off. I could not hear voices or it would have made me vomit. Yeah. Like...
1: Like, I could not hear mm-hmm. our intro one more time. Hello, <laughs>
0: hello, hello, and welcome back. Yeah, no, like, please, fuck. <laughs> if I heard my voice do that one more time, I I, yeah, I would have stabbed like, myself with a rusty fork in the eyeball. Yeah, like, I was it like, very much
1: considering st- slitting oh. my throat. Oh,
0: oh. oh. Cons- cons- considering? <laughs> considering. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I couldn't find the fork. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> You'll see in the video. Highly recommend you watch it. Five stars (laughs) for a mental breakdown. But but. I
0: think it's definitely good. And I think it shows the pendulum swing of how excited we were for it and how much energy and how hard we were working on it. Like, yeah, we really want this to be good. We want to be unfiltered and tell you guys honestly, like where we have been at and where we are at and whether it's good, bad or indifferent. Like we've learned a lot of lessons along the way and we've been learning An exponential amount of lessons in the last couple of weeks. And we just want to share those with you and just.
1: Yeah, just like talk about it and just like actually have conversations Mm -hmm. because what we wanted, like what initiated this whole idea of wanting to even start a podcast is that me and Heather have really great conversations. And we feel like a lot of people in our age group or whatever our demographic is just are just not really fans of and
0: receptive to it.
1: Yeah, they're not receptive to just like getting down and dirty and asking why we believe things because when you when you ask why and you're like presented with information that makes you question things, you have to take the accountability or you can no longer claim ignorance or whatever. And people just don't like to talk about things. People don't like to change in general. Not mm-hmm. saying all people because obviously like You can't discredit anybody or generalize that much. Um, But I think that what we wanted was to just to have those conversations. And, like, if people found them interesting, cool. I'm not here to, like, please the masses. Yeah. Not that I think all five of you are, like, the masses. (laughs) But it's just, I don't know. We're just going to be ourselves, and we're just going to talk about shit going on in our lives and incorporate some intellectual things, stop trying to sound like neuroscientists and, you know, learned philosophers, like... It's just, yeah.
0: And I think by waiting that week and taking the time for ourselves and relieving that pressure, it really underlined that for us Mm -hmm. and made us realize, okay, like, we can do this. This isn't as strict as we're making it to be. Right. Like, and we just had to take a moment and take a breath and be in the moment and realize, like, this is not bigger than us. This is what we want it to be like exactly and take responsibility for what we were doing in part to stress each other out and stress ourselves out and compound that within our own minds
1: yeah because we were both going through like personal things as well and like me like I just left my job and I was dealing with some shit with my ex and like all kinds of other stuff was going on and you
0: states and I had a whole thing because I was questioning my like point of life and just had a huge like yeah. Self moment in the last couple of days. And I just yeah. turned 22 and I need money. And it's like, it's yeah, life. There's just
1: life going on. Yeah. And I feel like in us trying to like hide that and be peppy, that's what made us feel like so fake. And that's just exactly. not who we are. Like, we're very peppy, charismatic, I guess you could say people like we we're high energy. energy, but that those recordings did not have high energy because we were so focused on on everybody else and we were so like it's like you know how you watch a video on how to do something like a hundred times instead of just actually doing it mm-hmm. like that's what we were doing like we were like listening to podcasts and trying to figure out our dynamic when our dynamic is just our dynamic mm-hmm. like we just talk and we are the authentic because we're we are the authenticity because that we need you be. are heather and i am grace and there are nobody out there like us
0: exactly we wanted this to be like our voices and our opinions and our experiences and we can't do that if we're needing to have the energy that we normally have like because we had that expectation and that this needs to be on point like because we had such high expectations for ourselves we couldn't have carried out even if we were at where we normally are at like right I don't think we could have pleased ourselves at that time Because of the expectations that we had on ourselves. Even if we had pumped out some fire, we would have been like, oh my goodness, I don't know. Yeah,
1: we would have questioned anything at that point. If we sounded super, like, you know... Do we sound well too versed, yeah. erudite, like if we had all of our words in line and used, you know what I'm saying, we might have sounded too, too like much or condescending. Them. Exactly, like are you being too straightforward? Are you not being straightforward enough? Are you beating around the bush, or are you not being this or that or whatever? Like we just had so many opinions in our minds, and I feel like we both really want to, you know, put out the best content that we can. And so, in doing that, we just totally just psyched ourselves out. And so, we apologize.
0: Very much.
1: Like, that's not us. And we are going to be ourselves. And if you like it, great. Welcome to the clan. If not, it's cool. We'll be here anyway. hmm Like, n- no biggie.
0: We just want to talk about everything, honestly. Like... There are some people that you can go over and have a cup of coffee, and it's like, oh, what did you do this weekend? Like, oh, da-da-da-da-da. And there are other people that you can have a cup of coffee and be painting your toenails. And the next thing you know, you're talking about the value of human life. And yeah. Like, <laughs> that's us. That's what we want it to be, and we feel like there's not a lot of people out there, like, that we know that we can chat about this within our demographic mm-hmm. as our peers. And we want to do that. And I feel like having more experiences of people in our demographics are going to give us more knowledge with which to see the world because we know we don't understand everything and we would like to understand things more.
1: Yeah. A hundred. That's exactly what it is. And I think that that's such a big thing too, is really just perception of like other people, because we technically can't say like, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that think or whatever, like we do, because unfortunately because of the climate today, like, most people don't feel like they can talk about it for the same reasons that we're saying. And the only difference is, is that we're you know loud people, and so we don't necessarily – sometimes we speak before we think or what, I mean, whatever, but it's just there's less inhibitions, I guess. I don't know. Scratch everything I just said. So what I'm saying is, yeah, like perception is huge. Perception is everything. Like <laughs> – I think that So I feel like I totally agree with what you're saying, but at the same time I feel like there there are a lot of people out there. Yeah. I think the problem isn't so much that there aren't people who want to have more in-depth conversations about things. It's that they don't feel welcomed. Like mm-hmm. there's not a community for those kinds of conversations. And so they typically are, you know, like typically those kinds of people are dubbed a skeptic Mm -hmm. or like you're asking too many questions. Are you thinking too hard about it? Life is so short, just like YOLO and live your life and like, don't worry about it. Like don't overthink it. And you know what? I do overthink a lot, but I think people really underthink a lot too. So
0: we just want to build like a community that's safe for that kind. Like we want it to be an open forum. If you disagree, like, Please Let's stay, talk though. Exactly. exactly. That's
1: the thing. And I should have mentioned that earlier, too, when I said that. But, like, if you disagree, we love that. Like, mm-hmm. we want to have diversity in our conversations. We want to have diversity in our life. And so if you disagree, I want to hear why, because I might change my mind. Mm-hmm. I change my mind on, like, everything in life every ten minutes. If
0: this two weeks isn't proof exactly. We're totally different
1: people. Like we learned so much. And when people tell me things, especially when it's based obviously preferably in critical thinking and like evidence. Analysis. Yeah, like any kind. If you're if you're skeptical about things, just learn how to use valid skeptical analysis Mm -hmm. so that you can present your ideas in a more, you know, because there's so much misinformation out there. Exactly. It's insane. Like the amount of little things that are, I don't know, different in everybody's life that Mm -hmm. makes our experiences and opinions so different. And I feel like everybody is so into confirmation bias. Like you only listen to information and take in what feeds your prerogative. Mm -hmm. Like people don't, exactly what flatters your position.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And I just want to change that. Like, exactly. this is literally why we're here, to fuck up and to say that we did things wrong or said something wrong or whatever and to just correct it mm-hmm. and grow from it and, and hopefully encourage other uh, you guys to grow as well because mm-hmm. it's, like, we're not teaching anything. We're exactly. just learning.
0: Exactly. And I think it's in the same way, like, Grace and I both, like, recently especially we've been really like struggling with the fact that there are people that we love and respect and like take their opinions so highly but we disagree with them so strongly as well and finding disagree the line is, like,
1: not even a word yeah
0: no like starkly oppose yes. them on so many things but the interesting like the interesting thing about that to me is that And not trying to figure out why the hell they believe that instead of that, like looking at the thought patterns and the experiences that play into it and the biases that they've grown up with, like you have to understand that everyone is going to come to a different conclusion because not only have they seen, experienced, and heard completely different things, like,
1: yeah. It's like there's so many factors that go into who a person is and how they developed that opinion. And I feel like our like social environment is just a lot, a lot of like something that's become very apparent to me this year has been like this concept of polarizing Mm -hmm. and like how much I polarize people. And I'm not cool with it because it's like I realized that. The more I study AI and like how we are fed information and how we receive information and, you know, like targeted advertising and propaganda being shoved down people's throats and, you know, like we think somebody you love could be so smart. And like, I have so many people in my life that I really do respect them. And I'm like, how in the actual fuck yeah. could you believe that? Mm-hmm. Like, how could you believe that this how is a did good you idea? Buy that? Like, where did... And, and, and I'm so blown by the fact that I think that they're so stupid that that comes out in the way that I speak to them. And nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to even want to acknowledge that they might be wrong when you're talking to them like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. But that's what... Is easier. Like,
0: Exactly. But communication is key there, I feel. Because, like, I feel that when you communicate something, you need in order for you to be actually trying to get somewhere. It can't be, oh, I told him to fuck off. Like, I fucking told him. Like, that type of deal. Like, you really have to be able to tailor your message to something that won't be... Like, you need to say it as kindly as possible. And you need to come from, truly come from the most... Genuine and well intentioned place that you can. And I think that's very hard, especially when you get so heated about these topics it's so hard not to be like you're a fucking idiot like Trump is but that's why we need to be able to separate this is another thing that we want
1: to also like really push on this show is that we want to be able to separate our beliefs from like who we actually are as and a person our emotions like I am Grace Castro and I've had these experiences and I've felt these emotions but that does not define who I am mm-hmm. I've been angry I'm not an angry person I've said stupid things that does not make me a stupid person do you know what I'm saying so being able to separate your beliefs and what you think is true and what you've adopted into your life as something other than who you are gives yourself a lot of grace and like a lot of understanding. And you can just, you can be much kinder to yourself and others. And that's what I really learned. Honestly, it's, it's why I broke up with my boyfriend this summer. It was like, I was reading the book, how to win friends and influence people. And that – it's a book about communication competence. And, Mm -hmm. like, I've taken a communications course and, like, I think that I'm a pretty average communicator in comparison to how a lot of people talk. But I learned so much from that book that I'm having such a hard time applying because it really made me have to take a hard look at the way that I – come to my conclusions and the way that I argue with people and it talks about like how you really can't win arguments and the uh, the Socrates Socrates the Socratic method the Socratic method (laughs) I can't talk (laughs) Um, of like you, you need to get if you want anybody to be moldable or be able to change their mind you need to get a yes yes out of them you need to find the common ground see the humanity and empathize before you can even try and bring information to somebody that's going to be seen as a personal attack because people cannot separate their beliefs from who they are
0: exactly so you have to make it something that they want you need to make it something personally applicable to exactly
1: them. people don't do anything they don't want to do correct so if you come to somebody and you're like why are you such an idiot and you support this person or that person or whatever mm-hmm. like we are in this it's just such a hostile I can't think of another word for it, like hostile environment of like being tiptoeing around things because it's like if you say an opinion on something you are going to be chastised
0: you're automatically opening yourself up to anyone else's opinions right or and the majority negativity. of opinions
1: that people have are just co-signed from a video or something they saw or something they read on Twitter where all of this inform- misinformation is being spread at like mass rates mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what we were wanting to talk about in that one episode that we you know fucked up but it was that uh, which is a movie that we recommend everybody watches mm-hmm. but we were talking about the social dilemma on netflix so
0: good yeah it's
1: so good with tristan harris and he basically just breaks down how information is spread and how bots work to understand our personalities and why it's not really the you know selling of our data that we need to be worried about more than like on a micro level of just controlling our opinions and minds and this idea of priming us with information so that we make decisions that they want us to make. And it's, it like really blew our minds. And so we had to acknowledge why we have our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, am I only believing this? Because this was the information that was targeted at my demographic and my age group and my
0: state. And you know what I'm saying? Like, Exactly. Like, it's so funny, too. He talked about everyone having a different feed and how everyone lives in their own feed. And I think that's really funny, too, because me and my best friend Alex literally follow probably like 95% of the same people on Instagram. And we have each other's Instagrams. And there are times that I've looked through hers on accident and immediately known because it looked so, so vastly different from mine. And that's wild. Yeah. Like if it's the same, if we're following all the same people, logically following that, you would also assume that we would be seeing the same things. But because of the different things we've Googled and the different places we've been, like our targeted ads and the things that are higher on our on our individual algorithms are completely different. It's so
1: deep though. It's like not even just like what you Googled or where you've been. It's like how many times you've looked at your ex's profile, how many times you zoomed in on a bikini picture that shows that you're insecure Mm -hmm. or how many times you liked something or unliked it or searched for somebody's name. Exactly. And then they see your type and then they'll put things like that into your, if you, I mean, literally let's, let's talk about the fact that I can talk about something and it pops up on my phone. You all had how you all have had that. Like, it's creepy as fuck. And so, yeah, at the end of this conversation, I'm basically just going to go off the grid. But anyway, we, we were just, we came to so much information that we were overwhelmed and we get it. Like we're not these, you know, super qualified people to be
0: not what you're coming here for. Yeah.
1: Like if you came here to listen to super qualified advice, like, who's in the wrong here <laughs>
0: <laughs> whose mistake was that really who needs
1: to take a self-inventory of what they're looking for okay because there are a lot of very smart people out there who can explain complex issues to you much better but Have you we're ever just- heard
0: sam harris's podcast because it's very eloquent yeah very sam harris go there because we're not him <laughs>
1: and we need to stop trying to You're be looking
0: for <laughs> sophistication and eloquent it's Probably
1: not going to be here. Sorry. But it's cool because what we do bring to the table is is our, you know, perspective. And we're not 60 year olds with PhDs and like, it's cool. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm hurt, <laughs> but I'll be fine. The idea is that like, if you want to hang out with us and talk about some things that are relevant to uh, growing up and we're going to talk about, I mean,
0: self-awareness and exactly big things like that. Something I was talking about earlier today is Sam looked at me and was like, do you ever feel like there are people that just don't get everything? And I was like, yeah, I feel like they only have a certain amount of waves that they're able to fall in and they haven't had the experiences to grow them into these up, like these major ups and these major downs, which come with these crazy life events. And I feel like the amount of things that we've had that are so on one end or the other, like that for the age that we're at and the self-awareness that we're at, because of the things that we've been through, I think it's a lot more than what our age would actually yeah. speak for.
1: Between traveling alone, being kidnapped. Moving
0: multiple times. Like the like,
1: overpressure of like parents growing up in a freaking high expectations group, mm-hmm. being surrounded by various forms of cults. Being and a maternal
0: figure at the age of like 12, like. It'll yeah. do a number on I you. I mean,
1: the abusive relationships, the venereal diseases. Literally
0: just being a woman in today's society, like trying to like be independent and yeah. like work and not be taken as a sexual object is absolutely asinine. Yeah. Not even just being a sexual
1: object or like you, you're, you know, you work too hard or you need to do this or you need to focus on your family. Maybe you, you need should to-
0: smile more. Yeah. Um, you should suck my dick a few a few more times before you talk to me like that. The fuck? No, no. Don't even talk to me like that. Like, like it's yeah.
1: Just, wait a second.
0: Who Anybody who's trying to
1: tell me to do something with me, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to to opinions and advice when they come from loving places, but not
0: unsolicited. Hey, baby, let me let me smack that ass. And like, then. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, and then if I'm, I'm not in my interested... In place of employment, I can't hit you. <laughs> so, back up, please. <laughs> Leave me alone. Ah. <laughs> Dad!
1: <laughs> Help me! Like, it's just... There's so much that goes into just growing up. And, like, the pressures that come with that. And then if you're in any of the situations that we've been in...
0: Whether we place ourselves in them or not. I, a lot of it, I can take some... <laughs> self-imposed. I can... I. I can take
1: some person. Yeah. Like some. I can admit to being a part of the problem. <laughs> I, but in, I, I, but re, reality, I actively made these choices. But like, I feel like a lot of it was kind of inflicted on us. Correct. I feel like we were really trying no matter what. There was always the difference between good or bad intentions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was like. My, my whole life for me personally, growing up in that kind of environment, my biggest thing was like. I just want people to know I'm a good person and that mm-hmm. I have good intentions. Like, please validate me, please. Like, especially coming just,
0: from a place where you're told that you are inherently dirty. You are inherently sinful. You are inherently bad. Yeah. The only thing that will make you good is our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bless him. Let's
1: get baptized now. No, but for real, for real. Like when you grow up in that and it's like from a small child, when your brain is literally developing, you are learning that you are worthless. And we were told that our experiences on earth are solely for the purpose of bringing people to God and that our lives didn't matter. And that anything outside of that was secular and unnecessary pleasure. And that the most happiness you were ever going to find was in serving Jesus, the omnipotent and, all loving savior of the world and if you do anything else you are dirt and trash and you're gonna burn forever and so like the
0: amount of fear tactics that were shoved down our throats growing up the amount of emotional toxicity that was in our childhood okay so think about it like this in any type of relationship if you were giving all your love all your attention if you were praying if you were giving 10 percent of your money your paycheck every week if you were constantly thinking and doing everything in order to glorify another person, and you got nothing back, what would you call that? What what would you call that? Um, bullshit. Yeah, yeah no, the church. But but that's like emotional toxicity. I thought those were synonymous. And that, yeah, no, but they are. But that also set us up for a string of. Relationships, whether they be friendships, were whether they were romantic, anything like that, we didn't understand. Even with authority to, figures, exactly, we didn't have healthy boundaries for that. We didn't have boundaries at all. And then on top of that, we were from birth, from conception, in an emotionally toxic situation. Right. And and that played into our lives. And that but there was there's so through. many.
1: I feel like people don't realize like we come from like. Pretty traumatic situations like growing up and having to like step into roles that we really shouldn't have. And so boundaries were very blurred for us, like and the what ages I should. At which we had yeah, to. like I was buying my own like shampoo at like 11 years old and like taking care of myself and making my like, I, just the amount of, I mean, I was very privileged in a lot of ways and yeah. I am so blessed and I'm not, you know, in any way complaining. I just think, even honestly, in that, in me just feeling like, me saying that was complaining It's just like this, this complex we've developed of like needing to apologize for everything and just being
0: human. And that's just like, that's just not okay. But I think too, like we understand that our parents had the best intentions. I don't think that Michael Kelly was like, you know what? Let me rock Heather's shit for the rest of her life. Like we both know that our parents did the best that they could at the time and the place that they were at. But we also want to examine how that went wrong and how we can do better and we want to identify these things within ourselves and right. see who else like like who else like us is out there and we want to yeah. open that forum for discussion on it
1: Definitely. And I don't think that we're saying that our parents are so starkly different from everybody else. I feel like even if you didn't grow up in a super high expectations group, boundaries tend to be blurred in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways that people don't like to realize. Most people have boundary issues. And it's because you either were subjected to high amounts of fawning Fawning is, like, this concept of, like, doing something without being explained why you're doing it. So, like, if you. Why are we doing this? Because I said so. God, that makes me cringe. Like those words, because I said so, are so overused. And it's it's insane. Like the, you, they should never come out of your mouth. Exactly. If you cannot explain why you're doing something, then you are in the wrong. That has nothing to do with authority or being in charge. Your children are not your belongings. They are human beings who are developing thought patterns and how to work through their prefrontal cortex issues. And so it's like, well, I mean, yeah, we could do a whole thing on the prefrontal cortex. This conversation
0: cortex. is triggering me,
1: and I would love to have like nine more on this subject. <laughs> yeah,
0: we could do every literal sentence that we've said. We could probably do a separate Can episode. Can you imagine moving to another state in less than 24 hours in the Babe, middle of your senior year like a, and a getting told as your reason for doing this? God told me. So imagine me trying to figure out, should I move to Baltimore? And in my experience, God told me is a sufficient enough reason. How do you think I'm going to make that decision? How well do you think I'll be equipped to make that decision when you're not seeing these decisions being formed all growing up, when you're only getting told, oh, because I said so? If you're yeah. not having someone walk through it with you, how are you supposed to learn how to make these big decisions but what, for yourself? Exactly.
1: And what that does is it doesn't give us a reason to find why we do what we do. But nobody questions. That's why we're here is to question why we believe what we believe and things that we do unconsciously and habitual patterns that we won't recognize in ourselves because we weren't taught how to be self-aware. Exactly. We were not taught how to derive opinions. Exactly. And how to like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Like that's it. Like,
0: We were not taught how to think things through. Our inquisitivity was always, oh, like, you're so inquisitive. You ask so many questions. It could be a good thing or a bad thing, but it was never like, let's, let's figure it out. But the thing is, you could ask as many questions as you wanted as long as the end goal that you landed at was in cooperation with theirs. Exactly. But if your critical analysis took you somewhere else or even posed a question that couldn't be answered, it was you got to have faith. There was always a fallback. Even if logic failed, God was always the answer. And when that's always the answer, you don't know how to work through it because you can just jump to the end conclusion. Right. And that
1: was what honestly turned me off so hard to the concept of faith because it was like this cop out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if I had a question... And they would be like, oh, I don't know that answer, but you can look it up on here. And I would look it up and I'd come back and I'd be like, hey, well, they didn't really know the answer either. And it's like, well, that probably is just because you just have to use faith. Mm -hmm. And faith in itself is not a flawed concept. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of having faith in yourself and believing in things that are, you know, not always able to be. I guess express it not not even expressed like seen okay because I think everything needs to be able to be explained. I believe in energies and I, I believe agree. in that's a big topic exactly. To that's on. a whole other thing too, and that's not something I can see, but it's scientifically backed. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, X rays are energy reading They're machines. Measured. Yeah, so it's like if you don't believe in energy, then don't you know. Hope you don't break get a bone. The fuck out but of here. yeah, exactly. Like get the fuck out <laughs> of here with those bullshit opinions. Back on the bullshit. No, but I'm just kidding. Your opinions aren't bullshit. You're probably just uneducated. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> not to
1: sound condescending, but you're probably just uneducated. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Because that's not what we just said. We don't want to be. But it, it's cool.
0: I'm dead.
1: I just think that like when I okay, so I feel like my crazy moment coming out of those flawed concepts of thinking was when I read like the biology of belief. Mm -hmm. And that's an incredible book by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Um, Heather's reading it now Mm -hmm. so she can Can weigh in on some parts. Huh? Can I get that back? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, but so basically what it did is I always had seen faith as like the opposite of logic because faith is not based in logic. So you cannot argue it. With logical analysis. And so I had mm-hmm. said that there was like this fork in the road, right? And you go down one path and it's, your, you, you have your faith, you have your safety, you have your comfort, everything happens for a reason. And then you build you everything purpose. off of that. Exactly. And so you're, you are okay. You know where you're going to go when you die. And in that, you find peace and love. And I get it. I get the appeal of organized religion. Mm-hmm. I understand. The security of it emotionally. Right. right. But I could not sacrifice my logic. And so the, the path I took was the nihilistic, Nietzsche-esque type of path of like... Friedrich. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like oblivion is inevitable and nothing matters and like we are here on accident like it doesn't party matter hard, what I do and just like there are no natural consequences yes. and survival of the fittest like let's get hype. And that's what my life and, and I chose that path. <laughs> and so I was this like raging nihilistic in your face, told people they were literally stupid. I honestly, if you're listening to this and I've called you stupid, which is a pretty like high chance since I've called (laughs) so many people stupid, I'm sorry. And I'm a totally different person now. And I've, I've taken, I've turned a new leaf and I am approaching my life so differently after I read that book and kind of like, you know, had a little acid trip, figured out some things.
0: Oh, my God. Let me let me key in right here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about LSD. <laughs> God, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but I do <laughs> want to partially contribute the fact <laughs> that we did not have a protecti- <laughs> protective Monday episode as part of that. Like last week, not last week, it a feels like of all Fridays the time ago. has blurred together. Exactly. Like when I said that the last two weeks has felt like 20 years, it really has. like, yeah, like I I'm tripped graying. that night and I was thinking about the podcast and I was thinking about my life and how it just moved and how I had a new job and my boyfriend and it just, there was my life got flipped and turned upside down in the wise words of Will Smith. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah. But now I'm kind of living in Bel-Air. I mean, it's more <laughs> like Laura Vildenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and we said there would be no comedy. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, there, you can't
1: have Heather and not have some form of Yeah, comedy. no. What do You're you basically here as the comic relief for my like excessively deep. like
0: You're like, all right, Grace, let's back that up a little bit. (laughs) Let's dial it down here. (laughs) How can we water this down with a little humor now? It's not even an idea of like watering
1: it down. It's just to make it a little bit more easily accepted, you know, Mm -hmm. because not everybody likes to, the more, you know, um, the less, you know, just a warning. This podcast is going to bring a lot of things to light that are going to make you uncomfortable. And, that it makes us uncomfortable is why we're here because we want to get uncomfortable with you we want to let's get
0: he- intimate he- let's <laughs> get physical let's
1: but get physical we just want to like step not just step out of our comfort zones we're going to fly out of here all right we're like literally going to timbuktu And it's going to be a good time. We're going to break down so many things that you didn't even realize you had opinions on because you Mm -hmm. do. And the majority of the things that you think you believe or know, when you really get down to where you got that information, you can't explain it. People Mm -hmm. just kind of are set in their ways because of their environments. We are products of our environment through and fucking through. And so that's why I just like want to just not judge anyone Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and even if I do say something sporadic or kind of you know like aggressive I don't know sometimes I do I'm very passionate I'm a very passionate person and so are you and so we might say something like call somebody an asshole or whatever check us on it it's cool like I get it that that's contradicting our what we're saying and that's kind of the idea of being human like we don't want to filter this we're not going to cut out things where we sound stupid yeah we just We
0: sound stupid sometimes. Like, literally, in recording what we recorded and then trying to put it out, we realized that we said stuff that was not at all what we were trying to say. And we had to check ourselves hard. And we know that those times are gonna come that we won't be able to filter that out, or we're not going to, just so we can give you a very raw and real view of us. Yeah, we're just very, we're
1: gonna be super transparent. And like, if you guys aren't into making mistakes, take a look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and acknowledge the fact that you make mistakes all the time and you say things that you wish that you were not canceled for. Like I hate this idea of like a cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many things you say that you find new information on and you realize Mm -hmm. like maybe that was not a good idea? Do you know the things that I have said
0: that were directly, directly like hateful and yes. spiteful yes. and ter- like my best I friend I can't state like I can't sleep sometimes because of the things that I know I have said that were absolutely abhorrent. Like not okay like But that doesn't make you an abhorrent
1: person. Correct. You know what that's what we were saying earlier. Like my best friend when I was 16 told me she thought she was gay and I like, if I saw a homophobe or whatever, I'd be like, you fucking piece of shit. Why yeah. can you not understand that everybody like, can just let, let themselves. love themselves? But like- guess what? Grace was a homophobe at one time. Not homophobe. I don't want to, like, say I was scared of homosexual people. I was very mis- uneducated. I was very miseducated as well because I was, I thought, when my best friend told me that, my response, and I hate myself for this, but it's just true, my response was that you're wrong, and you need to like go to god and like we're going to figure this out together but this is just like confusing you know maybe you're just like you're just sexually attracted you like don't know what you you're just you're trying to about. explore and that's okay like but let's not talk about like really loving someone of the same sex in a romantic relationship and i I ate my words, and I like I made her cry. Um, I was an absolutely horrible friend, and it's because I genuinely thought I was saving my best friend. Mm-hmm. I thought that if she was gay, she was going to go to hell, and I couldn't bear the thought of that. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was being a good person. I thought I was doing the right thing. You thought you were and reaching down to help her. Up. Would have called me a homophobic asshole. I would have been like, fuck you. I'm a caring and loving friend. Mm. That's what I saw myself as. Mm. And so that's what, you know what? Like it really made me check myself because it's like, I see somebody now who's, you know a blatant racist or whatever, this and that. And I get it. Like you don't want to empathize with racists. You think that it should be so common knowledge to know that hating a different race is not right. But the morality there is blurry. Because when you're raised in an environment that teaches you something is wrong and something is right, there is no, like, we don't have the same common sense that we're all just sharing. Mm -hmm. Like, this idea of this universal morality is so flawed, and it's Mm -hmm. based in our ethnocentric perspective of, like, what I think is the right way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, do me a favor, honey, jump over to, like, you know, Myanmar or, like, Saudi Arabia, or fucking name any country where they have different ideas of morality, which is most of them.
0: Stealing itself in our culture, it is looked down upon. We do not do that. But then look at places where you're literally taught to steal because you're crafty. Or it shows how smart your mind is. When
1: you steal, you get your hand chopped off. Or, you know, there's a zillion things. Literally, where I was living in Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia, kidnapping was legal. And perfectly normal because of a patriarchal, like chauvinistic society that they lived in. It was like the men get to choose the women and you can kidnap them and they have absolutely no say in it. And you can just legally make them your wife. And that is all there is then to it. And property. And you can abuse them and you can rape them. And I met so many. My friend Nazira, she broke my heart. She had bruises and scratches all over her. And she was paying monthly because she was finally able to prove that her husband was abusing her and her children beyond repair. She has to pay a monthly rent to keep her abuser in jail. She has to pay for him to stay there. And the day he gets out, which uh, her payment for that rent is more than you can make in a month at like a normal job. It's like a hundred dollars a month. And that's like so much for her. And so I like, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's just, she, that is her normal like, it didn't even
0: phase her telling me this because it, it was everyone there. Okay, so pause. So, yes, let's look at her perspective, but let's look at his. He's yeah. literally staying in jail because someone is paying for him to stay in jail. It's not the actual act of what he did wrong. It's the finances involved. So, if you were his family and you didn't see her perspective, it's... Oh my God, this bitch is trying to pin him with something. He didn't even do it. And now she's just paying and paying to keep him in there to lock up the rest of his life. But how could they see it because of such entrenched ideologies? But like looking at that, the experience or the relation to that person is going to influence how you see that person. Yeah. And that's how just life is. Like we all... Like I'm not trying to be funny here, but we've all worked in a restaurant and like we all know that people with felonies aren't terrible people. Literally, like the people that have rocked hardest for me are people that have terrible track records. Terrible <laughs> track records. So what does that say about our jail? But the thing is is not even I mean, we're gonna have a That's whole That's a whole nother
1: conversation. If we you know need Grace to get into but Castro. Like, you know she's got issues with prisons. But we're gonna get that into our we're gonna get into that in a That's another
0: episode. That's a that's a later date for you all episode. Stay just tuned. because I don't
1: even wanna like touch on it because it's such a controversial idea and it's so ingrained in us that to believe this idea of like punishment. You have to take and a it. And if lot you do something wrong, you out. get a slap on the hand. Yeah, you have to literally it's like when you discover quantum physics. You have to take everything you know about like matter and life. And just put it to the side to understand the flaws of a punishment-based society. And you
0: have to be so aware of your prejudices that you didn't even know you had. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's hard. It's not it's easy. It's not cute. Yeah,
1: it's not a good time when you have to acknowledge that you are all of these things that you claim to hate Ooh. or not want to be. You know? Because, like, I, when I had to take a self-inventory, I was like, damn, Grace, you are you are antagonistic, you're condescending, you're controlling, you you were homophobic, you were super judgmental, you were judgmental of even, okay, so example, I was continuing to be a polarizing person even after I left the church, right? Because I was polarizing against the people
0: that... I thought deserved it. You pendulum swung it.
1: Yeah, because I was like the Christians of the world. And I don't think all Christians are bad. And I I want to get that very clear on this
0: podcast. I think we had such a damaged relationship with westernized Christianity. And such a negative perception. And I think we also did demonize it too because of our experience with it. I don't think that everyone had the same experiences that we did with it. But it was also the way our personalities and our upbringings played into it. And I feel like... We were already susceptible to so much that it was able to do so much damage.
1: Yeah. Like, I remember when I had to apologize to my brothers and my mom and just like so many people who I had said hurtful things Mm -hmm. to when I left there because I was so hurt. Like, and even if I say things now, like if I say, you know, like we did earlier, we were like, fuck the church or something. I can't remember what we said. Um, I'm not going to edit that out because it's, it's just, sometimes pain is really hard to deal with. And when you, when you look at trauma and like how word association works, like when I hear the word faith or prayer or just pray about it, like, yeah, Heather's arm hair literally just stood up. Like I just got goosebumps. Like I just
0: wanted to cry. And it's, it's
1: not like a, a sexual kind of hair stand up. No one's pulling on my hair right now. No, Mm -hmm. it's not a good time. We are like... We're, we're hurt and we want to be able to address that as objectively as possible mm-hmm. and also help you guys to understand that if we say something, it's because those words make our blood boil. Mm-hmm. Like they make us feel sick. I've, I've literally been like, I, I can't tell you how many times I sobbed myself to sleep trying to figure out my God void. Like
0: mm-hmm. I, I, That's big Yeah
1: Because it's like I When I left that Everybody was like Oh she's just like This rebel Who's leaving the church And doing you know She needs to go find Herself in the secular world Before she comes back to God mm-hmm. And every time I would go by the church To like hear David's concert Or something like that It was like People were looking at me Like Oh, have you figured it out yet, honey? Like, I'm praying for you. It was a
0: mistake, and you could, like, they couldn't believe that that's something that you wouldn't want. And I remember literally sitting on the floor, sobbing my eyes out at 4 a.m. with Esther and a box of strawberries and a can of whipped cream, just crying because we had literally no idea what to make of this whole thing. And we had spent hours and hours crying out to God and praying and, like, looking think- for understanding and looking for some kind of answers or just reciprocation and there was none.
1: I think what's huge is people didn't realize like how hard we tried. Mm-hmm. Like we loved God. Mm-hmm. Like we really did and we brought that into our relationships. We we talked about it. We would like really like read our bible and like try and start our day off with like devotionals and like we just didn't get it. And honestly if we would not have been so like antagonistically attacked for our questions. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't have had so many arguments with teachers when I was confused, I may still be a Christian. Like I, I needed that. I, I, I needed it so bad. I went through so much as a child that like I needed my heavenly father. Exactly. And I feel like, and I felt like my heavenly father <laughs> didn't want me. Because I was never good enough. I didn't pray enough. I didn't sing on exactly. stage. I didn't have this presence. And then I was like dubbed
0: this whatever they wanted to call me. This yeah. Terrible kid. This kid that won't stop asking questions. I mean, your parents and-
1: literally wouldn't let you hang out with me. For years.
0: And I'm the one
1: trying to get all of you guys to go to church. And I was so misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Like, it was insane. And that, like, fucks with your mental when you're growing
0: up and you're already worried about people's opinions. It just exasperates And when you're hearing from the pulpit literally trash talking to people that have left the church and you understand that... Christianity is really the only supplement to keep you going with your family. for Like, that's hard. Yeah. Like, walking away from that. Like, I haven't really had the conversation yet with my dad that I'm not a Christian. Yeah. Like, not even that I don't believe in God, just that I'm not a Christian. Nice and that's Exactly. And, like, that's. It's such an outcast situation if you don't believe in it. And because we were made to need that validation and crave that love and attention and validation from the church and from God and from people of God, When you don't get that and you know that you're going to get such backlash from everyone that you thought was your friend. Or your family. Or your family. Like, that's It's
1: deep-knit. When you're around these people, I don't think, for any of our, like, listeners that are not from the church, which I'm sure there's going to be, like, you know, maybe two. Three. Um, (laughs) But the idea is that, like, so we were in church all the time. We We went went Sunday mornings. And then we had people over during Sunday afternoon to talk about the
0: service or to fellowship over lunch. And then we went back Sunday nights. And then we'd stay for the wrap after in which the pastor would rehash his sermon. And then we would go to school from Monday to Friday. Every day. And it was a church school. It was in the same strip mall that they had bought out. And then Friday nights, we would go harass people downtown. Hold up.
1: Don't don't you forget about Monday Night Seven Footsteps and oh. Tuesday Morning Women's Ministry. And Wednesday Night Church. And Thursday Night Perkins Night and Friday Night Blitz Outreaches and Saturday Morning Outreach. And then Saturday Night when you'd go to the
0: Bible study. And then Sunday you'd just do it all over again. And Saturday, if you were lucky, you got to stay after for open jam. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like when I tell you our lives were absolutely consumed. We were enthralled in the church. We lived It was lived total there. consumption.
1: And so those people were my family. Mm. And I put them on pedestals and they shot me down and told me I wasn't good enough all the time. Yeah. That you just need to try harder to use your faith in your bed. Like, there's got to be something wrong with you if you don't understand what's going on with they you and They blamed it because everybody knew about my parents. So yeah. they blamed it on having daddy issues. That's why they they dubbed me a slut, even though I didn't lose my virginity till after I was eighteen. Yeah, same. Like they dubbed me this needy person, and I literally had pastors tell me that it's because I have daddy issues that I look for validation in men. That's and I'm wrong. like, actually, actually, I I hang around men because I have four brothers and because I'm more comfortable around guys because I'm chubby and hairy and insecure, and I wasn't fucking with the young girls who didn't want to trade their nail polishes with me at recess. And so I would go literally play tag with the boys and told that I was looking for too much attention from men and I needed to stop distracting the 12-year-olds from their life
0: purpose of serving God. I got told I couldn't wear spandex when I was like, Eleven in the house because my Spanded. little brother at three was gonna look at me some type of some top of way. I couldn't wear Bermuda shorts. Oh my! I couldn't literally
1: the plaid Bermuda shorts. I couldn't wear those because my mom told me that not only did they make me look fat, but she told me that they they rounded me too much in my butt. At like eleven. Why are you looking at my plaid, splattered ass? Like, I don't understand why it is even an, an issue for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And this idea of, like, bending down and getting on your knees and if your skirt isn't long enough, then they're going to literally unhem it because, your, your, you know, your knees... Your phone is ringing. But like your knees are somehow going to distract people from God.
0: Like imagine getting told that the music you listen to is going to make you get raped one day. Like imagine rape being a punishment as like as like a logical thought. Yeah. And that was not like like, like an issue of the rapist. It was like we were asking for it. Like how could you have commanded his attention like that? Well, I'm sorry I'm a dime-ass piece of ass,
1: yeah, but, like... See, I wasn't, and that's what blew my fucking mind. Like, my mom no, but, would make me bend over before I left the tr- like the house every single day because... And, and I want to very much clarify that my mother <laughs> is an angel, and I love her so much, and she was just as brainwashed and hurt as I was. So I don't in no way condemn my mom, and we have the most incredible relationship now, and she is a super loving and respectful woman, and I just want to preface that but my mother made my life hell when it came to being a female like it was I was literally told band-aid if I like at 10 years old I learned what band-aid meant it was my friend's mom who came up with this concept for us that if we aren't sucking it in that they'll say that as like a, a a inconspicuous word to tell us to suck it in and put our shoulders back I I couldn't wear t-shirts. I couldn't wear shorts. I couldn't wear anything. I couldn't like literally everything I did instead. So do you imagine Imagine on a developing brain who's already insecure as like, you know, you know, most preteens and teenagers are, I was was thinking that everybody saw me naked. Like I would walk into a room and people would just be looking around and I'd be like, why are they looking at me? Why are they staring at me? Why is this? Why is that? You want to talk about like insecurity issues? I was self-absorbed but not in a cute way. Like I didn't think I was hot shit. I was self-absorbed because I thought everybody was looking at me like I didn't have clothes on and then making fun of me because I hated my body. How do you learn how to love yourself in an environment where nobody teaches you how and And not only teaches you how, but they teach you how to hate yourself and devalue yourself so that you can go to God to be everything that you can't be as a human being. Damn! Like, somehow he's going to save you. So they give you these
0: complexes so that you need saving. And they can automatically fill said complexes.
1: Exactly. Because here, on this shiny platter, I have all the answers. Go on outreach and bring people to God and you'll be fulfilled. Stop thinking about yourself and just focus on modesty and focus on God. And why would you think about the style of your clothes when that's not something that pertains to, to bringing people to Christ? Why would you think about this or that or the other? Like my brothers were made to look at me as a sexual object. Mm. Like you said about walking around with spandex. I wasn't allowed to wear a bathing suit in front of my brother. Like I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't allowed to wear a towel from the shower to my room. And my room was across the hall. Mind you, my dad would walk around in his whitey tighties like dick swinging and nobody cared. And I wasn't allowed to as a child because y'all want to analyze my prepubescent fucking body as a sexual object and i'm the one in the wrong not the adult men who are being sexualizing children like where is this concept coming from where is the disconnect here? like i and that's what i was trying to say i don't get why people don't get it but i can't hate them I can't hate them. I can hate the system. I can hate the miseducation. Mm -hmm. I can hate the... The The programming that went into it. Mm -hmm. Like, I... Because that's what we were, Heather. Yeah. And when I broke out of that, it was like somebody just took a hammer to this glass that was separating, like, magic and reality. Yeah. And it was like... It burst the bubble. I can love myself.
0: Like, I can can do things outside of Christ. It's that realization. And then it's actually having to do it are two completely different things. People love this idea of like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but
1: they don't take into into account the, the counter effects of that. Because if I need Christ to strengthen me, then I am just a vessel. I am this clay in the potter's hands and I am useless and pathetic. So when you leave that, people thought, oh, she's just doing her own thing. She wants to party and this and that, and whatever. Like, granted, I partied. I did. But it wasn't because I was, I was happy. It was because I needed numbing because I had this gaping hole inside of me with all of these unanswered questions that I did not know how to even begin to address. Agreed. And there's just so much of that. And that's why we want to talk about these things. This is why we need to address where we come to conclusion. I mean, how we come to conclusions, where we get our ideas from, and why we do and believe everything that we do. And we're going to use so many personal stories. We're really going to, like, out ourselves on this show. So, like, I, I Stay hope you all are ready for it. Because <laughs> yeah. there's some dirt that's going to be spilled, and there's some things that are going to be said that are raw, yeah, they're raw and they're definitely controversial yeah. to say the least. So, we we hope you guys are all going to come back and talk to us every week. Once again, we apologize for failing to post last week and if they're I know that this episode is not going to be perfect. We're not perfect people. We don't want to put out perfect content. We're just here to shoot the shit and to work
0: through some work through some things that we are currently and, working through. Yeah. So we will see you with your fresh cup of coffee and ours next Monday at 420. And we thank you for listening to us and valuing our time and our effort. Yeah. And we value your time
1: and your efforts so much. And we, we don't necessarily value all of your opinions. Um, we hope that if you have something to say that you disagree with what we've said, or if you are somebody who is from the church and has a different perspective. We would honestly love to hear it. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to talk. But we don't want there to be any kind of animosity. I understand your perspective. And we hope that you understand ours. And we value what we say. We, we put a lot of thought into what we say. And we hope that that can come across. And, and we can
0: convey that properly. Exactly. Right.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you all next week. Thank you, guys.
0: And bye. four, three. Zero. Yeah.